Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a good week and happy Super Bowl Sunday and Rihanna concert with football to all who celebrate. (laughs) We've had a wild week with Bravo, a couple of premieres, a Potomac finale. I am here for what this kind of late winter is bringing us on Bravo and really excited for Summer House, which premieres this coming week. But Back to Vanderpump Rules. Guys, I think they're back. It felt like an older season of Vanderpump Rules. A lot of them are single. There's messiness happening. There's actual real-life drama. And we've stopped pretending that all of them work at Sir. It's exactly what I think a lot of us have been asking for. We want to see their actual lives. And we get to do that. Um, It starts out with finding out about Tom and Katie's divorce, you know, it's interesting to watch them. It, it will be kind of going through this because I think they were a bit naive in the beginning that they could stay close friends but also go through divorce. And I know they have to be on good terms because they share custody of their two dogs and they share many friends in common and they are coworkers, right, on Vanderpump Rules. But I think they were a bit naive about, you know, that everything would go completely smoothly because divorces are messy, right? And I personally am really proud of Katie. Uh, I think it's a very brave thing to do to be in a situation where, you know, it's all you've basically known your adult life is to be with this man. And everyone assumes you'll kind of stay together in your friend group, maybe in your families and stuff like that, but you know you're unhappy and you decide to actually take action to try and address that, saying, you know what, I don't deserve whatever this is. And I think there's something better out there and I'm going to gamble. I'm going to bet that there's something better for me out there rather than sticking with maybe what would be easier, staying in that relationship. So, you know, I'm all for it. I feel like people are finally getting to see the aspects of Tom Schwartz that aren't so great and aren't so charming. You know, he spent time with Randall, Lala's ex, even after she asked all of them to kind of pick a side. And it's not just because they're getting divorced and going through a custody battle, although I think that is a huge part of it. But also this whole expose that came out in the LA Times and... (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, Tom Schwartz being like, oh, I didn't, I don't know. Was that true? Is it all of it true? Like, come on, dude. It's the LA Times. It's not like page six. It's not the National Enquirer. You know, this stuff is fact-checked. And it, you know, it'd be one thing if Randall just cheated on Lala. And that's shitty, right? But that's how a lot of relationships end. This scenario was, I think, a lot more nefarious. It was much darker. And he was running basically a casting couch. He was kind of a mini Harvey Weinstein. He was abusive to employees. And, you know, now there's alleged investigations into him potentially being involved in 
like child's like porn or pedophilia. I don't know. It's all alleged, but it's a really dark, horrible scenario. And I don't think it's that much to ask not to hang out with him and what to play pickleball as if there's not like a pickleball on every other block in West Hollywood. Like, come on. Anyway, we get to see James and his new girlfriend, Allie. You know, it's very interesting to watch Raquel watch James through the eyes that we've all watched James through. It's like she's watching him live his life rather than be a part of it. And she's noticing a lot of things that she doesn't like. And she that, you know, that's why she ended the engagement. But it was absolutely mind boggling to me to watch the conversation that her and Allie had towards the end of the episode when Allie was basically saying, it's sort of like we switched lives or I'm living your life. It's like, you know, as if she's just like the new Raquel, the replacement. I don't know. Something is off with James. We all know that, but he is just so entertaining to watch. When he's on screen, I can't help but laugh. It's like, is that really him? Is that a caricature of himself? I don't know. And it is a bit worrisome, you know, that he's always going for younger partners that seem quite naive and sweet. And then it's like he convinces them, I don't know, that he's like some amazing guy and is going to be great. And then and then he turns. And so it'll be interesting watching everything play out, but also seeing Raquel's reaction to everything. Um, we see Schwartz and Sandys, which both of them have spent about a million dollars on. I'm telling you, they would be terrible business partners. It's like they're both idea guys, not get things done guys. And you need, you know, people who both have ideas and are able to execute them to make it actually come to fruition. The fact that they're still talking about decor and <laughs> like they're trying to open for some sort of daily mail party is is wild. And then we find out that James and Lala, this was like sprinkled in as if it was no big deal, that James and Lala actually hooked up many years back when they both first started seeing their partner. So when James started seeing Raquel and when Lala started seeing Randall. And I don't know if they were officially with those people, but they saw that it was getting more serious. They decided to go on a trip together and just hook up. And then when they got back to sort of resume and start their relationships. And it felt like Lala was kind of joking or laughing like, haha, we hooked up while you were with Raquel. And that just seems kind of mean, you know, especially since she's so upset that Randall stepped out on her and, you know, all of this stuff. I don't know. It's like she has a completely different standard for herself and then for others. And she kind of makes up the rules as she goes. And she is very like wedded to them and holds them out and everyone has to follow and you need to get in line. And I kind of like seeing people push back against her, right? It was interesting that Tom Sandoval brought up, hey, like we all kind of knew he was messing around. We know what kind of guy he is and we know how he got you in his life. So why would we think that he's some sort of reformed man now that he's with you versus what he was like when he was married before? So I thought that was a good point. But again, the situation with Randall is much deeper and much darker and 
I, if I were Lala, I'd be scared to have a kid with him and have that kid be in his custody, knowing the things that he has potentially done and some of the stuff that is, you know, the allegations against him. Anyways, I'm really excited for this season. I would love to get your guys' thoughts if you're kind of on the Vanderpump Rules train, if I should be covering it, or if, you know, you're kind of like, okay, now I'm just not interested, like next. But I really like it, and I want to spend more time talking about uh, Vanderpump Rules in future episodes. Going on to Family Karma, oh my goodness, <laughs> I love this show, and I just feel so bad for the whole like Amrit and Nicholas family situation, because it is such a real scenario that so many people go through, difficulties ahead of weddings, difficulties with two families from different cultures merging, people not feeling heard, you know, all of it kind of came to a head where Amrit's parents met Nicholas's parents and it went well. And then after they were basically filming because Nicholas's parents wouldn't be on camera, sort of a scene afterwards talking about how it went. And Lavina, Amrit's mother, kept bringing up a particular part of the Indian wedding ceremony that they weren't going to be doing where the parents are honored. And it's something that Nicholas didn't feel comfortable doing and they'd already kind of decided what aspects from Indian traditions they were going to do and what aspects from Nicholas's traditions they were going to do. And I think Nicholas was kind of at the end of his rope, like, stop bringing up how our wedding is different. I know it's different. But the way that he kind of lashed out, he wasn't really explaining where he was coming from. And it was clear that Amrit's parents felt very taken aback and um, honestly confused, right? Almost like, do we need to call this whole thing off? And I just really feel for Nicholas. I feel for all of them in this scenario. No one's like doing anything I feel like wrong. They're just, it's it's just complicated and it's hard to communicate through. And so I hope that, you know, when we see it next week, that Nicholas is able to explain where he's coming from and that he's just frustrated and he is sorry how it kind of came across to them. I also feel really bad for Monica and all of this pressure that she seems to have put on herself and that her family seems to have put on her to get married and be this perfect person. And I don't really like how her dad's approaching it. It's like, he's like, you've done everything right. You know, like you deserve this or that. Like she needs to decide what she deserves and what she wants and what she's interested in. And I think he's only acting that way because he sees that she actually is sad deep down that her boyfriend Rishi is not proposing to her and that she's kind of in this kind of relationship where she doesn't know where it's going. But I, I didn't like some of the things he was saying to her. And I I don't know. I really appreciate that she's like starting to think about what she wants because for too long she has worked to please others. And I think it's a profound and mature thing that she's doing. I hope she's no longer with Rishi. And I feel like her next relationship will be the actual like long-term goes the distance relationship. And, you know... I, I wish the best for her. I wish the best for everyone. Um, it's such a great show. And finally, The Real Housewives of Miami. 
I love watching these ladies go on vacation. I know the Bahamas is so close to Miami and isn't as glamorous as some of the other places we've gone, but the place that they're staying looks incredible. The rooms are amazing. I am really enjoying watching them actually have fun and get along and laugh. And finally, I actually am enjoying Alexia without Marisol by her side. They remind me a little bit like Giselle and Robin, they're almost too close. And that dynamic kind of messes up the group dynamic sometimes. And Marisol is just really annoying. Like she, she's just like, how could I have COVID? I don't know, bitch, it's airborne. Like everyone gets it. What? And then she said that she felt like someone is doing witchcraft on her because she doesn't feel the presence of her mother and because she's gained weight. And let me tell you, If this woman, or honestly any of these women, talk about their weight one more time, I'm going to explode. It is so frustrating to watch them constantly think about it, talk about it. It's, I don't know, it's so unhealthy, the kinds of things that they're saying, like how Nicole wasn't eating anything. She just had juice for a week so she could fit into a specific dress for her engagement party. And Marisol's like, ha ha, I don't really eat. I just drink alcohol all the time. Like, I don't know. It's not cute. And I'm tired of it. Another thing I'm tired of is Larsa Pippen acting like she doesn't know anything. I refuse to believe she is dumb as, as dumb as she comes across. When the producers asked her, do you know what Golden Girls is? And she's like, no. And then when she said, I never watched it. <laughs> like, you don't have to have watched it to know what it is. And you're saying you don't know what the Golden Girls are, but yet... <laughs> like, can someone tell her that it's offensive to wear her hair that way? I don't like <laughs> Come on. She's just like too much. I can't help but laugh at her. And when Gertie was asked, like, what do you think of Larsa's braids? I thought she answered very eloquently. But part of me really wants to know what she's actually thinking. Anyway, I have such a great show today. I have Dan Calabrese on from Come Through Queen. We have such a great time talking about the Potomac finale and the Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it's here. I'm very excited about it. Um, As always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any thoughts at all, any constructive criticism, feel free to reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. Someone did reach out this week and say, you know, I hope you'll issue a correction or talk about the Carolyn Manzo and Brandy situation. And I I do with Dan. It is a horrific situation. And I, I feel terrible at what happened. And I think this may be the end of Brandy Glanville's time on Peacock and Bravo. All right, we are going to take a quick break and then back with the Dan Calabrese. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
on your happy price, price line. Hi, everyone. I am here with Dan Calabrese. He is one half of the podcast duo Come Through Queen. Absolutely hilarious. And I'm so excited to have him on the podcast this week to talk about the Potomac finale, the New Jersey premiere, and all of the drama that's happening in the Bravo universe. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here on such a big week, a a premiere and a finale. That's like two big shows. Two big shows, and it continues. Like Vanderpump Rules is on. Mm. Next week, we've got Summer House. It's just keeps coming. Yeah. It's like an early spring. Spring is sprung for us Bravo fans. <laughs> it's nice because this is the time of winter that I hate the most because yeah. there's nothing really to look forward to. Football is almost over. It's just mm. like slugs on and it's cold, and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> You know, (laughs) our friends will carry us through the rest of winter. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. These women. Um, So first wanted to get your thoughts on. Well, this is kind of a dark topic, but the situation Mm. that's been unfolding with Brandy and Carolyn Manzo, which I think I when I talked about it on the podcast first, maybe missed some of the seriousness. Like, obviously, no one should have their you know, space violated. Um, But I'm also always feeling like Carolyn and the Jersey in general is a little bit more Mm. like homophobic of a Mm -hmm. franchise. And I could see Carolyn making a bigger deal out of it being a woman that was involved versus a man. But um, I stand corrected. It sounds like Brandy really, really violated her and touched her inappropriately. But yeah, for Bravo and Peacock to release a statement yeah. was shocking to see. Right? Yeah. But they then on the other yeah. hand, they just announced a Traders reunion that I would assume would feature Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my that's, God, my it's it's going to air like... at the end of February, and I, I don't think it is filmed yet. It is like going to be filmed shortly. I mean, obviously, it's horrible for Carolyn. But this is also yeah. such a crazy HR issue. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's so many skeletons in like Bravo and Peacock's HR closet. I feel like we're mm. only skimming the surface and we only yeah. find out about the things that are caught on camera or just you can't look away from. But sure. there's there must be so much going on. Yeah. They definitely work overtime. I mean, I remember the last very big HR thing that we learned about was everything going on with Ebony and And Ramona. Ramona. Like, that was the first time they really talked about human resources of Bravo explicitly in the news. So I think we're getting that all over again now. And we got to see Ebony on Watch What Happens Live this week, which Mm. was a treat. She looked beautiful. Yeah. I mean, she was on a big episode. To be on with Robin Dixon (laughs) after the fallout of everything that's gone on was amazing. And and it was funny that they were paired up together because Andy didn't mention Nene kind of making fun of both of them on The Breakfast Club, which I'm sure is another HR thing. Like, we do not talk about Nene. Like, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Nene here on Bravo. (laughs) 
<laughs> while like these I don't even I don't even know whatever happened with Nini's lawsuit if it's still pending or if they settled or anything but I think it got it's thrown clear out. It oh, okay. I could be wrong. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. But I either it was dismissed or she withdrew it. But okay, it's okay. not pending, I don't believe. Sure. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely something the Bravo Docket podcast would note. Not to like be <laughs> promoting other other podcasts, but like they stay on top of that stuff for sure. Yeah. Oh, they're so great with it. Well, should we talk about Robin's Watch What Happens Live episode? Do you recall any other time that Andy has been so explicitly going after a specific Bravo liberty? Mm. I I mean, it, I don't know if this is like a one-for-one one comparison, but like that that sit-down he did with Luann in the Hamptons that one time felt similar to this in a way, but like he wasn't, I think he was more upset here. But at the same time, while he was upset here, he wasn't really asking like the follow-up questions I would assume to ask after Robin would give her non-answers. Mm-hmm. Like he just kind of took everything at face value. He would repeat a question again and be like, are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What would you have asked her? Well, I I mean, I guess the the, the whole stuff with the... I would would go into the details with the credit card and the hotel. Like, why would Juan go and help someone he has never met before, has only talked to as a stranger online? Like... Obviously, if this was a friend, like, okay, you're going to go help out a friend who lost their credit card, but this is nobody. So, like, to go and put down your card, like, it, we learned on White Lotus, like, they could charge stuff to the room, and now you're responsible for all those extras. That's <laughs> kind yep. of just crazy to me. Also, yeah. you have to put a credit card down when you check in. Yeah. You have to. So they had her credit card. I mean, I think the whole thing is just absolute BS. Mm. Also, if she lost her wallet or it was stolen, there would need to be, I think, a police report because in order Mm. for the credit card companies to, you know, you have to report that it's stolen and there has to be a paper trail. I'm kind of a loser and would like really get into the details on that. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just... He wouldn't do that. Juan's also not a particularly nice guy. He's not someone mm. that's like, I, I could see Eddie, Eddie Osefo, okay. like, happy Eddie, going, <laughs> happy Eddie, like helping out a stranger, mm. sure. probably getting Wendy's permission prior to, but I could mm. see him like going on a limb and helping someone that doesn't yeah. seem to be who Juan is. Yeah. I mean, he's a busy guy. He works for, like a basketball, a college basketball team as a some in some sort of co- coaching role. So, which I think is interesting because that has he's like embroiled in a lawsuit there. Yes. So, like this is kind of all distracting from that now, which might be good for the Dixon family in a way. Probably, I I've asked this question to a few people, but I don't understand why the people who are. I guess, doing the lawsuit are suing Mm -hmm. him personally and not suing the university. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. I I do think like sometimes when a lawsuit starts, they kind of throw, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like you, you name like every possible um, defendant and then like stuff gets thrown out. It kind of like uh, 
funnels down to who's actually going to be res- held responsible. Yeah. So I think that's a possibility. But they didn't file it against the university, and that's mm. who has like the money to be able yeah, to pay. Yeah, yeah, sure. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. It, so obviously what happened is absolutely horrible. It was like sure. an assistant coach catfishing a player and then yeah. exploiting them um, and like – I don't know, sexual abuse. It was horrible. But yeah, there's yeah. a lot still unknown. And I would also expect like the Baltimore papers to start covering the story more. And they really sure. haven't been. It hasn't been big in the Baltimore Sun. I live in the DC area. I live in DC. Yeah. And I feel like I would have heard more about it given how serious it sounds. Yeah, especially like with the precedent of when Karen and Ray were going through their tax stuff that was being covered in the local newspapers. It was also like in the Washington Post, which is like my yeah. local newspaper. But <laughs> it's sure. also a paper yeah, of yeah, record. Yeah. It's, oh my yes. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's also how my coworkers and family find out about housewives things. So oh, like, yeah. they'll be like, oh, I heard someone was indicted who's like a housewife. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> Yeah. When it makes its way to those people, then you know it's gone too far. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so do you think Andy went too easy on Robin? So I heard a little rumbling of how the third part of the reunion was going to be supersized and perhaps a segment with Robin. So I was wondering during this Watch What Happens Live thing, are we kind of like saving a deeper conversation for a third part? And then if that's the case, that makes sense for us to not kind of really fully resolve it on Watch Revens Live. I was wondering that too, but I also wasn't sure if I heard that from like a Bravo Instagram account or if it was actually sure. came out from the network that that was what was happening. Yeah. It's hard to like keep track of <laughs> our sources. <laughs> I know. And then we had the State of the Union this week and mm, the same mm, night as yeah. the Jersey premiere. And it was just like way too much was happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we talk about the Potomac finale first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Lots of for also the reunion trailer. Like, what did you yeah. think of the reunion trailer? Do you think we're going to get what we want out of the reunion? Set aside Robin? Yeah. I mean, I think the reunion will be interesting because I'm very curious while watching Potomac, Salt Lake City, and Miami, watching the dynamics of the women who are about to go on an Ultimate Girls trip. So I'm curious to see now, like, the, Candace and Giselle having already been on the trip, how are they are interacting on camera for us post-trip, you know? Okay, so it's the timeline, the season seven of Real Housewives of Potomac, and then Mm -hmm. they went to Thailand, and then they came back, and then the season aired, and now they're filming the reunion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where is that trailer for for Ultimate Girls Trip? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we can watch a blurry uploaded trailer on social media from BravoCon, but there's not an HD trailer out there for us. Right? And BravoCon was like four months ago. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably waiting to do like a traditional rollout with a trailer probably a month out before the show starts. I mean, we were lucky to get the, because the Miami trailer also premiered at BravoCon, but then it was immediately posted online. Mm-hmm. 
So that was frustrating that we didn't get that, but I'm so excited for Rugged. Um, but yeah, but for the, the reunion itself, I mean, I feel like the Potomac reunion is always good. Um, we don't have like a big marquee moment like Nicki Minaj coming out to host the final part again. So like it wasn't as shocking as that previous season's trailer, I would say. Um, but yeah, I don't like, I love this cast. We've had like the same women for a while now. I think they're all great. I know people are calling for like Robin to be fired, Giselle to be demoted, this or that. Like I say, keep them all. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a good time with them. I, I, I'm kind of on two minds. Like I want to keep them all mm. because I want to see what happens after this with Robin. Yeah. But I also feel like it sets a certain precedent and mm. I don't know if I want her to be the one that's made the example of, because clearly this has been going on with Beverly Hills forever. Yeah. So yeah. why would they go after Robin and not Dorit or Kyle or, you know, yeah. whoever else has been hiding their own shit? But I feel like making someone a friend of, like what they did to Luann mm. that one season, yeah. kind of gives uh, yeah. them a kick in the ass and lights a fire under them yeah. that make them a better housewife when they go back to being mm-hmm. full time. Yeah. I mean, I think that Luann situation might have been her getting too big for her britches contract negotiation-wise. Because, um, like, her and Sonia would always play games. And then, like, there was that one season where they clearly weren't filming group scenes for, like, three or four episodes. <laughs> and and so it like, was, joined. like, just two at a yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Oh. I, I, like, Robin, I, I think, like, she is an interesting character. Like, in the, and even though she lied, like... And that lied. She didn't, she just kind of like swept it under the rug. Like all these women are going to do that. Who, like, I, I understand, this is probably what I understood the most from her in the Watch Robins Live thing. It's just like, why am I going to make a big announcement? Like, look what happened to me. Look, like, we bring up each other's crap. Like, we don't bring up our own mess. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, Ashley does. Yeah. Ash- so, like, she brings so, up her own like, mess. Mm yeah, but at the same time, it's like, especially this season for me, Ash kind of felt like trying to pr- produce her mess. Like, I really don't understand this divorce and the new house and this mortgage, and we haven't worked out who's paying the mortgage. Like, I don't Ashley understand what's going on. <laughs> is not the brightest bulb, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's not listening to anyone's advice who's either mm-hmm. been through it or who is an attorney themselves. Yeah. So I feel like you just can't get through to her. She also has never lived in a very long time independently as yeah. like financially independent, doing things on her own. She met Michael when she was in her early 20s. Yeah, She became a kept woman, basically. Yeah. I don't think she learned about how to pay bills or how to take care of herself and now Mm -hmm. it's i think she's overwhelmed that she has two young kids yeah and she has to then figure out her entire life financially and i just think the untangling can be complicated and she just is like i don't really want to do that yeah yeah it's kind of it's so interesting that we have that and uh lisa hoxstein going on at the same time yes very similar situations yes I, oh my God, (laughs) Lisa's situation (laughs) is insane. She also, you're right, it's the same thing. And she just, and it's almost as if 
with Lisa, she never thought she would have to hustle. I feel mm. like Ashley knew this day was coming, but was still sure. unprepared, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we you know? were filming like prenub negotiation scenes years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and post nub. No, post nub. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I also worked out how much the house that she bought costs if she has a thirteen thousand mm. dollar a month mortgage and it's about yeah, two yeah. million, a little over two million dollars, which is the cost of a nice house in Arlington. It's just okay. it is, right? Yeah. But she didn't have to get the nicest. Like she could do Yeah one point three million dollars and it'd be a little smaller. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. like why I don't understand people I'm I'm such a dork. I don't understand people leave, like living beyond their means. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I would imagine after seven seasons, her Potomac check has got to be pretty good at this point, where she's yeah. not so concerned as to whether or not Michael is chipping in or not. Yeah, but like so. <laughs> buying an over two million dollar house, which we've seen with all of the Vanderpump people that no oh, longer yeah. are on the show. It's you never know what's coming and you don't know whether or not you can, you know, pay that. It's a really intense mortgage. Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why I like go into that stuff. Um, Uh, I guess I want to get your overall thoughts on like, are you okay with having housewives that don't maybe share their entire personal life as long as they're entertaining? Or are you Mm. of the mind? that people have to show their truth, even if yeah. it's boring, right? Yeah. I I mean, I think a good example of that is probably Giselle, because like we really don't see much of her life outside of the kids. And she kind of has the benefit of, you know, number one, being so funny and like kind of being a good producer, but also the one part of her life that she does show the kids is a part of her that people like a lot. Like people love Giselle and the girl scenes. Like I always see like online, like they're like, Oh my God, we love the girls, blah, blah, blah. So like, she kind of has that benefit of, okay, I have this going on. So I don't need to get into my love life, the ex-husband, any of that. Um, I think another example, not on Potomac is Sonia is like, we never met her daughter on the show. Um, there were just parts of her life that we are not seeing. And I don't think anyone would argue like all those years that we had Sonia that she should have been taken off the show because of that. It's just kind of like everyone brings something different to the table, I think. Yeah. For me, it's like as long as you're entertaining, right? Like yeah. Karen is not showing so much of her life, but I find her mm-hmm. hilarious. Oh, you know, God. hilarious. The best. <laughs> And uh, do you really think that she is going around sleeping with everyone in the, you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? Like, what the hell is all of this, these rumors of all the people? She's not the one I would think. I I don't know, because the way she responds to it is so funny to me. She's not saying, no, No. I would never. My marriage (laughs) is an institution, blah, blah, blah. She's kind of like. Hmm. Check your source or mm, we're not talking. We're not listening to Sharice or Mia. You heard this. Did you defend me? N- not 
going not, into, no, none of this is right? <laughs> And I never gave any weight to the whole like, oh, she's drunk, whatever, like the yeah. horrible things Therese was saying. But when Giselle mentioned that she had a driver because her license was taken away and she mm-hmm. or she couldn't drive, which was alluded yeah. to her license being taken away, I thought, okay, there's something here. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, she did admit early on in the show that she did have a, a DUI, mm-hmm. uh, I think before she was ever on this show. Yeah. So I don't, so there's like that there somewhere. I know when you have a DUI, you get your license suspended for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Depending so, on yeah. the state. Uh, yeah, yeah. Depending on the state. Terrible. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know Wisconsin uh, is known to be a little bit more lenient. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, like, I, I'm. this is a thing I'm, I am curious for the reunion, is like how Karen walks into the reunion to discuss all the allegations. Yeah. There is something that Candace said on Watch What Happens Live recently that mm. said she wishes Karen was honest the first time. Mm. So I okay. wonder okay. if she does open up about some okay. of it. Um, I just don't like the way that Sharice has brought up these things in the manner oh, in which yeah. she does them. Because it's, I don't know. It, the, yeah. you, there's a I way mean, to talk about people having, you know, issues with alcohol and not make yeah. it the way that she's talking about it. Well, I mean, the irony was that Sharice seemed the drunkest at right? the okay. party <laughs> while she was talking about it. <laughs> so... Like, she's kind of, like, slurring her way through the allegations. <laughs> um, okay. So, we, um, Karen finally finds out from Mia everything that Cherise mm-hmm. said. And then Giselle tells Karen that Mia called her a prostitute. Like, yeah. at this point, do you think that Karen actually takes what Giselle says with the grain of salt like, she's like, okay, because she didn't seem as angry with Mia. <laughs> like, she was like, let me see what Mia says next, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think with those two, I don't think they trust each other at all. And I'm always just happy when they're on decent enough terms to engage with each other. So as long as we got that going, I'm happy. Uh, but but Karen seems like pissed at Mia by the end of this episode, like real pissed. Yeah. Mia seems to have really sided with Giselle and Robin this season. And I really feel like I would love to see her get along with Candace and Wendy. I have a Mm. really, I loved the last few episodes that they seem to be getting along. And I don't know. Mia just seems really unsure of herself in a way, like yeah. she's insecure, but she's also super confident. So it's like a very unusual combination of yeah. characteristics. She's an odd duck for sure. I mean, like, I, it <laughs> seems like she doesn't even, as she like, goes into a conversation, she doesn't even have an idea of like what her goal is or like the point she's trying to get across. She's just kind of like floating with the wind, I would say. <laughs> That's definitely true. Although I feel like she was exonerated a bit this episode when she's filmed with the doctor explaining her diagnosis Mm. because I work in like healthcare and public health and all of that. And her diagnosis makes complete sense. It's exactly what she was describing. 
And okay. so okay. it's, I, <laughs> I wrote it out. It's sarcoidosis. I think that's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. And so it's a disease where there's like abnormal collections of inflammatory cells that form lumps and they can form yeah. lumps typically in your lungs or in your lymph nodes. And she was saying she had wow. these enlarged lymph nodes and also can affect like lumps under your skin. And it just pops okay. up out of nowhere. There's theories yeah. that it's caused by exposure to a certain chemical or infectious agent or potentially an autoimmune response. And it can wow. go away without any sort of treatment or it could be prolonged and actually cause organ damage. So it's like very wide ranging, but it's exactly what she was describing. Like I have these lumps all over my body and we Mm -hmm. don't know whether or not they're cancerous. You have to get a biopsy in order to get this diagnosis. And I, all of us, like myself included, who really thought she was full of shit when she was talking about her health, I was like, oh, I felt so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So like, like, I'm glad you're explaining this to me now because as I was watching, I'm like, okay, you're seeing this doctor now months after we've had this conversation, like months real time as they're filming it uh, to then get this diagnosis. It's like, if it was that urgent and scary, like we're, we're putting this at the end just to wrap up your solo storyline, like I, had I was confused about that feeling that this was filmed earlier and yeah, they put it yeah. in the finale. But also sure. once they find out it's not cancer, you get yeah. referred to a different mm. doctor. It's no longer an oncologist. Yeah. And since it was okay. impacting her skin, it sounded like she went to a dermatologist. But yes. this isn't like a particularly easy thing to diagnose. It's okay. pretty it's more rare. So I think wow. it does take some time to like get through okay. the system, like months potentially. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, right? But yeah, she could have come up and been like, well, it's not cancer, but we don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. She's not very good at explaining, but I, I no, did I'm feel not. like the diagnosis itself was like pretty much exactly what she had been describing. Yeah. And I felt, I felt wow. really shitty because I was like, well, she's just doing this for attention. Like you either have yeah. cancer or you don't. <laughs> Mia's vindicated. Wow. <laughs> And I'm not like the biggest Mia fan or anything, um, yeah. but yeah. Okay. One kind of thing I was wondering if you saw this, going back to mm. Robin. So okay. the thing that's confusing to me is that when people point out the double standard to her about how her and Giselle maybe don't have to divulge certain things about their personal lives, but then they go sure. after Candace and Wendy and so forth. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem to think there's a double standard. And that reminded me a bit of Jennifer Aiden and how okay. she doesn't seem to think there's a double standard with her being so awful to Margaret about being a cheater, uh-huh. but then being married to a cheater herself. Yeah. And well, I think like with Jennifer, it more had to do with less like her role on the show and more her view of like, how men behave, how women behave, their roles and responsibilities. Whereas with Giselle and Robin, it feels like more like playing by different rules just because we want to. Yep. You're right. It's totally internalized misogyny by Jennifer Aiden where it's like, well, men will be men, but women can never, they're homewreckers. (laughs) How dare you, Marge? And it's like, (laughs) 
but not like how dare Dr. Bell. <laughs> Do you think Chris will come out looking really good at the reunion and all the women who, you know, made accusations against him will mm-hmm. finally admit that there's no there there or yeah, I, I was worried like when the season started, cause like, I think in the f- very first trailer we had him fired up. I don't know if that was the mid season or the, the, the season's trailer. And, but and then I think he's been like justified and how he's responded throughout the season. And now again, in the reunion trailer, he's very angry again. I think like he and Candace are great at making their points. So I think at the end of the day, I probably will agree with what he's saying. Me too. I feel really bad for him because yeah. like the audacity of Ashley to bring this up when her husband mm. was credibly accused of grabbing people's butts. I mean, they have yeah. it on camera, you know, at least the audio of it. Like, why would you yeah, go yeah. after someone? And now at the end of the season, once you've seen all the footage play back, you still are, mm. you know, trusting your friend over the actual footage. Yeah. Well, so did we get much of Ashley in the trailer against Chris? Because it seemed like Chris versus Giselle a lot. I think yeah. it was more that, but with Ashley yeah. on Watch What Happens Live oh, since okay, okay. it has come oh, out, yes. she's not saying, yeah, no, she must have got it wrong. Like okay. she's sort yeah. of, I don't know, she's like not saying yeah. what I would she's expect. Keeping it alive. <laughs> she's keeping yeah, it yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Instead of being like, oh, I regret this. Like I should, now that I've seen it, I should not have given it air or whatever, you know? Yeah. So do you think yeah. that everyone should stay next season, but do you think mm-hmm. they should add some new people or? Uh, I mean, it seems like Jacqueline might be sticking around. I see her hanging out with Karen recently. So I wonder if that's going to happen. I wonder I, Jacqueline is at the reunion. So I'm curious to see how she does at the reunion. If that'll help her. But I do think one additional friend or two could help just kind of keep the the benches full in case someone needs to go next year, like the following year. Like I, I but I, I don't want to see anyone who's currently on the cast go. I know a lot of people don't love Wendy, but like I am a huge fan of Wendy. Like I oh, I love her. Okay. On the show. People seem to really yeah. love her, hate her. I was really disappointed in her because okay. I really liked her first season and then it turns out that's not actually like who she is as a person (laughs) and Uh so uh I'm like okay not only were you not truthful but now I don't Mm. know who you are and so I feel like we're starting to get to know her a bit more and I want her to be herself because Mm. so much of what she does on this show to just to me seems to be like plain to fans and I think she's really paying too much attention to social media. I think Candace does too, but I don't think it changes Candace's behavior. Karen also, like they're so obsessed with what fans are saying. It it really, (laughs) you know, she, (laughs) the LaDoms and like, you know, people love me and like, (laughs) I can't even go to Safeway. And it's just (laughs) like, come on now. So I want to see more of Wendy, but I also want to see her getting along with, the other women and not yeah. holding on to too many grudges just because even though it's 
reasonable, right? Like if I were Wendy in real life, I would never talk to Mia again. But this isn't just real life. This is like a TV show. And so to find ways to move forward, and I feel like she's shown that. Yeah, I mean, I think like Mia and Wendy having that conversation on the bed at the end of the trip, I was like, this is great. I would have never expected from Miami to Mexico, we would have landed here. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. I was like really happy with that. Yeah, me too. I want to see Mia be friends with different people on the show. I don't want to see her only with Giselle and Robin. And I want to see a little shakeup between Giselle, Robin, Ashley versus other people. Mm. It's just, yeah. it reminds me of like last season of Jersey where it's constantly mm. this like Melissa, Jackie, Margaret versus Teresa, yeah. Jennifer and Dolores. And yeah. thank yeah. God for Dolores and Margaret for being friends with each other. But other sure. than that, it was just too clear cut of dividing lines. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. we need a little more mess. When that picture from Mexico came out while they were filming of Mia, Wendy, Candace, and Ashley, like, smiling and having fun, I lost my mind. I said, what is going on? Is this the future? Right? And it was the future for five minutes, apparently, <laughs> and then know. just back to, back to square one. Do you think Ashley and Candace will ever find a way forward? So, I like, I keep thinking oh it's too it's it's too far gone now because candace will keep being like definitively no but then candace does kind of give ashley a shot here or there so i'm i'm hoping that like and i and i really think it's mostly ashley's fault <laughs> at this me point. too like completely so so ashley just needs to behave a little bit and like she, like I, if ashley was smart and i think she is smart especially when it comes to like producing the television she would know we want her and Candace getting along at this point. Like enough. Enough. <laughs> you're you're leaving this man that she hates, which while you guys were together, there was never going to be a good true friendship. But now the door is open for something to happen. Gollum has exited the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take half his coins, please. <laughs> she doesn't. I mean, she admits at the reunion trailer that she didn't make off that great. And... <laughs> I hope at least oh, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. paying a ton of child support, but why the hell didn't yeah. she get alimony? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Shall we hop on over to Jersey? Sure. A little I, closer I, to your neck of the woods. I know. I'm so happy to be here. I, I'm loving this supersized premiere, supersized in mo- many ways, time, yes. cast, stories. I feel like there's a lot going on. Me too. I'm really glad that there's new people. And while I mm-hmm. loved the cast for the four seasons that it stayed the same, by yeah. the end of last season, it was like, we just need some new characters here. And yeah. these people feel more natural to the group. Yeah. But I don't know how I feel about having a housewife born in the 90s. It's Ooh, like an automatic, yeah. like, not gonna like you, Rachel. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because... I mean, we have like a 20 plus year gap between her and some of these cast members. It's like, in what world would you guys be hanging out? (laughs) She must have had kids really young. And then that puts her like with other moms that are older. So maybe a lot of her friends are older. Yeah, I, 
I know we're introduced to Jennifer Fuda as, um, wait, is that her name? No, Rachel Fuda. I'm sorry. Rachel Fuda Uh, and Jennifer Fessler. Fessler. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so Rachel, Rachel's son is best friends with one of, with Melissa's um, Melissa's sons. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe like this is a stepson of hers or something. Cause I think Gino is like in his teens or something. Yeah. I mean, she might have had him quite young. I, yeah, yeah, really yeah. young. Yeah, that's a possibility too, yeah. And then that really kind of, you know, not ages someone, but it matures them when you're taking yeah. care of a kid. So maybe yeah. maybe I'll be proven wrong, but it's like, I feel like only on Potomac can I handle the young housewives. Mm. Everywhere else, it just hasn't worked and I haven't enjoyed it. Like at least late 30s, but I prefer women starting the show in their 40s. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's like, that should be the standard. Right? Like mid-40s. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I want to see them blossom in their yeah. 50s. You like hit mm. their stride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we're missing, you know, and watching shows and Hollywood and everything. It's like th- these are the stories that aren't being told. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. You know, like a Shannon Bedore is a perfect mm. example of like when to enter Housewives. Yeah. For yeah. me. Um all right. So, what did you make of Danielle, the new housewife, the blonde one? Okay. So, I think she is a great addition. Number one, she's she was previously on reality television. Te- she was previously on reality television for MTV True Life. Uh, I'm a Staten Island girl. Yes. <laughs> How come and- I didn't know this? I, well, um, Dave Quinn from People Magazine tweeted yeah. it out, and I was like, oh, my God. And I watched this episode. Like, I was a big True Life person, but I also grew up in Staten Island, so I definitely watched this episode. And the funny thing with with her in this episode was she wanted to be an actress, and she was going to the city, like, auditioning for roles, going to classes. And part of her story was trying to get rid of her Staten Island accent. And now here we are. 15 almost 20 years later her really like embracing it <laughs> loving it and in between she loving actually it. worked at mtv as like a as a wardrobe coordinator or something so she's been working in television these years love it so what would you describe as like a typical staten island woman mm. well i think she did like a good job of saying how she differs a little bit, how she might have a little bit more, um, she might be a little bit more abrasive than like a Jersey like girl. Edge. Yeah. She's got a little that bit New York edge. edge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and like, it, it's not strange for a Staten Island person to end up in Jersey. Like that trajectory has been going on for so long. Like you may start in Brooklyn, move to Staten Island, end up in Jersey like that's been going on for like 30 years now at this point. <laughs> you just keep going farther south and west. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> also, the rent gets cheaper, although these mm. people have quite extensive yeah. houses. I'm really yeah. not looking forward to when Melissa and Joe Gorga's new house is debuted because that is one of the most atrocious mm. things I've ever, ever been subjected to seeing. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I got to give them. A little bit of credit, though. I lo- I liked their shore house, the one that they oh, had. Oh yeah, their shore house was out. great, but they didn't build yeah. that. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) When they chose to build, it's like the windows aren't even in the right spaces. Like one is higher than another. It just, oh, it looked bad. Um, Are you tired of the Melissa versus Teresa yet? Or do you think like this is going to be the final season where we like get closure? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the not going to the wedding thing at the end of the season is really going to kind of, I don't know, like be the defining point of like where the show will go from, from here. The thing is, is this is kind of feels similar to Jennifer um, Shaw pleading guilty, you know, at the end of the season, but before the show starts, we're like, we are waiting for this thing to happen. So it's a little frustrating. Why, like, we're gonna have to sit through the whole season knowing like, oh, wow, you kind of did the thing that you is hard to come back from at this point. Yeah. Oh, that's with such Melissa a and Teresa. good comparison. Like we and see I, the buildup coming. Yeah, yeah, you see it coming, and you're like, "I need it now." And then, is it going to be disappointing? Like, wh- how? Where? Where do we go from here? I find, like, I, I think people have been tired of the Melissa Teresa thing for a while, but I was like, "No, this is like part of the show." I do think like this might be finally the year where we kind of close the chapter a little bit. Where do you stand on the Melissa Teresa divide? I feel like this is so, like <laughs> I know that's it's kind of like uh, it's a touchy like a, question. A, it's like are you a, like a Samantha or a Carrie? Like are you a Teresa or a, are you a cat or a, person uh, or a dog Melissa? person? You have to choose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, for the longest time, I was really Melissa and Joe because I think number one they do a better job of like making their case. And Teresa does the worst job of making her case. And I think something that's changed now that she's doing this podcast is she's actually watching episodes. So she can speak a little bit more intelligently as to like what she thinks they are doing wrong. Like she never really saw their confessionals or what they're saying because she wouldn't watch the show. (laughs) Like when she goes to reunions, she's just kind of responding to like whatever she could remember or Andy's bringing up. Yeah. I, I feel like I am very similar to you where I also started watching Jersey later. It was the last franchise oh. that I started to watch. Wow. I held off because I didn't feel like it was aspirational living in mm-hmm. any sense. And yeah. like they always filmed in the winter and it was gray oh. and you would like see an interstate and like, oh, like no leaves on the trees. I'm <laughs> just like, yeah. I don't want to look at this, you know? So what season, like how many seasons had aired when you started? I started on eight. <gasps> I know. Oh and so then God. I went back and I've gotten through the first two seasons, but I have not gotten to season three, which is, I know, I know this is crazy. This is like the one franchise that I know the least about, like historically. Like I don't know the twins. I don't know a lot of the Rosie. Like there's so many people that I've heard about, but I don't really know. So I I do need to go back and watch. But when I first started, I was really feeling for Melissa because it did Mm -hmm. seem like Teresa was quite a narcissist. Everyone on the show is a narcissist to be clear, but she, 
it was like there was nothing Melissa could do that was right. And it was almost like she wanted to blame everything. And I still think on Melissa rather than her brother. Oh, yeah. Whereas as someone who is, you know, very close with her brother, if Mm -hmm. there was something that my brother's wife did that I didn't like, like I would talk to my brother about it. But I would also, Mm. if there was something that they did as a couple that hurt me, I would go to my brother. I'm not going to blame it on my sister-in-law. My brother and I are the ones that go back farther, you know? So speaking as like um, like a tri-state Italian person, like the way they are doing it is how they would handle it. Like the women have to deal with like the problem. Like it wouldn't be like, Teresa and her brother like it's Teresa and Melissa and like Teresa like everything is like oh you've poisoned his mind it's like his mind is working on its own right now (laughs) it does go back to sort of this idea that men are just whatever and they can't make any decisions on their own and they're all gonna cheat or whatever she like thinks Mm -hmm. about or thought about men when she was married to her former husband yeah. But now when things are coming out on the podcast and I think the number one thing I've always wondered was did they actually have on on the years that they were okay with each other a mm-hmm. relationship outside of the show? Yeah. And uh, my main question was because Nano always used to say you never come see me. You never come see me. Yeah. Was he just being like a old Italian father? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm Jewish. I could totally imagine like a Jewish yeah. parent being like, you never visit me. You forget about oh, yes. me. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. or was he actually saying like, I don't really see you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, it's probably uh, at the very least a little bit of both. Because I do think like, it, like in, in an Italian family, like, you can never see your family enough. Like okay. if you're, if you're not having like a Sunday dinner every week, like you're committing a crime or something, okay. you know? Um, but then I, <laughs> do th- and then I, and I think Teresa probably was just so involved in her parents' life that by comparison, he was never seeing uh, Melissa and Joe, you know? Okay. Uh, so I think there's, there's probably both at play, but I, I, I could picture them, not seeing each other a ton while not filming. But at the same time, like the, the flow of like filming. And then when you're promoting the show, like you got press, you have events. Like it seems like it's hard. It must be hard to, to not see each other really, you know? Yeah. It was just when Teresa had mentioned that her daughters Mm. had pointed out to her, we never see our aunt and uncle unless the cameras are around. And that to me struck a chord with me that Mm. I hadn't felt prior to hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, their relationship is probably one of the most complicated ones from all the cities. I would say, you know, the whole family dynamic thing, the fact that you would go on, a reality show with family members is crazy, um, which is probably like such a big thing of 
Teresa's anger. It's like, you came onto my own. This was my <laughs> thing that I did on my own. And yeah. the only thing that you have to talk about is me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I am somewhat sympathetic to Teresa. And I'm unfortunately becoming more sympathetic <laughs> towards her. But I, I think like everyone's a little bit wrong and a little bit right. And I think that can be true. I feel like everyone's just a little bit wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be true too. <laughs> like they both handled this terribly. Like yeah. once Joe decided to be with Melissa, she should have mm. been like, this is who my brother is choosing and I need to make mm-hmm. this work or at least yeah. let go of whatever happened prior to them getting married and being like, we're going to figure this out. And yeah. she never seemed to want to do that. And then Melissa also as expecting something from Teresa that Teresa can't give her. Yeah. And so, and I don't so, know. It's so funny that, like, Melissa has to be this person that Teresa accepts. And it's like, everyone accepted, like, Juicy Joe, who's a piece of shit, like, Teresa's ex-husband. <laughs> like, he was so nasty to her, to Teresa for so many years on the show mm-hmm. before all the stuff criminal went stuff down. came up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> but that goes back to how... Yeah. I think there's like internalized misogyny. Like like men can just be assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. I want to get your thoughts on Dolores Mm. and her relationship with Polly and Mm. how she's having these boundaries, which I agree. Everyone needs to have boundaries. Most boyfriends wouldn't want their girlfriend to be staying in a house with their ex-husband. All of this stuff. I understand but it seems like there's a level of like, is this because this is what Dolores wants, or is this because mm. po- like Polly is ma- demanding? Yeah, I mean, I would. To me, I think this the the standard would be like, okay, we need more boundaries. Like the way Dolores was kind of operating her life is she had no boundaries with anything mm-hmm. really, like kids, ex family coming and going left and right and it feels like she's finally focusing on herself a little bit more and i and and i think she's talked about this too like when she left um david when she left frank senior oh frank like okay yeah frank senior for the entire for the children's like whole upbringing she was just focused on them like she wasn't worrying about herself and like finding a new man and like going down that road again so like it's I think she can put herself first now and like everyone else will survive, you know, like Frank senior can He's fine. live with David yeah. if he wants. He could live with in another house. <laughs> the kids can figure it out. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, we don't really know Paul much at all so far. Um, he seems nice enough, I guess. Uh, so I just like want her to be happy, I, I guess. I do too. I just want this to be coming from her, if that makes sense. Mm, like yeah, if she's yeah. the one that decided, you know what, this is all crazy and I need to have more structure in my life, fine. Yeah. But if it's coming from him saying, you can't be doing of this course. and you can't be doing that, it's like, well, yeah. this is what she was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't want him calling the shots, but I don't think it would be inappropriate for him to be like, oh, well, like, what do you think of this? Like, is this right. working for you and blah, 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 you know? It'll be interesting yeah. to watch it unfold because it sounds like Frank wants to have a relationship with him mm. and he is not yeah. particularly interested. Sure. So we'll see. 
but yeah. <laughs> it's also like, it's crazy. They're all on the show and they have yeah. to, <laughs> you know, it's like, exactly. well, if you're going to be on the show and Frank is on the show and he's probably like, why is your ex-husband on the show? But it's, yeah, yeah. it's weird and how they decide to have the guys be such a, you know, prominent fixture yeah. on Jersey. Do you like it that way? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it, I, I, I just feel like it's part of the, the DNA of Jersey. Like this is what makes Jersey housewives different from all the other shows. Like I, I, I think it, it brings something interesting to the table. Like, I, you know, some of the housewife cities, like none of them, like we're married by the end of New York, like everyone was single. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting to like have this show where there's just so much about like relationships and families and stuff like that going on. And the calendar photo shoot was absolutely oh. hilarious. Did you have a favorite? <laughs> I mean, I got to say like Evan is really pulling the weight for the Goldschneiders. Like, <laughs> I know. I, I bet you, like pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I bet you part of the reason she wasn't let go completely is because I do think like the fans love Evan. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I felt like it was pretty harsh that they demoted her after she showcased mm. her very like heroin struggle with her eating disorder. Yeah. I mean, that was something that made me really think I had never seen exactly what she was showing. And yeah. That's something we hadn't really, really seen before. And I thought it was really brave. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of some of the stuff I do like about Housewives. For sure. So I wasn't, but she also made it sound like as part of her recovery, Mm -hmm. being on the show can sometimes cause so much stress and anxiety that it does get in the way of her recovery. So I don't know how much was it like her getting demoted versus kind of a mutual agreement that. Yeah. Maybe this next yeah. season. I don't know. It's always hard when they make these like official announcements <laughs> to know, know what to believe. <laughs> um, but I do think like being in a friend role, you have the opportunity to tap out when you want to. Whereas like if you are a cast member, you have more obligations. It does seem like she films a lot. She definitely goes on the trip to Ireland, uh, which is like the big end of season trip. And I feel like she's at most events throughout the season. Yeah. Do you know um, Housewives and Me, the podcast and Connor oh, being? Of okay. So yes. he was telling me about how like him and like a couple other people were like following the Housewives around when they were yeah. in Dublin and how the rest of like Ireland just had no idea who these people were. <laughs> well, I, I do think like Housewives over there kind of like blew up a little bit during the pandemic because mm-hmm. like people really started, it became more available in different. Um, services like netflix like hey and, hey you and, stuff. and yeah. yeah yeah i think people got so, more into it but in general it's just not as well known yeah. but i mean that can happen yeah, here sure. too you know like my dad wouldn't be yeah. able to pick any of them out of the lineup <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly despite watching sometimes with me he's just the only person yeah. he's ever been able to pick was maria uh, nevertilova he was like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like she's That's really so famous funny. Yes, Dad. <laughs> oh, God. Um, do you think Teresa can really change being in therapy? And do you think Louis is or Louis is a good having a good impact on her? Or are you still like nervous about all the stories that came out? 
I'm I'm both. I'm ner- like he makes me a little nervous, but I do find her like I know we're only one episode deep right now, but I, but I, I think even with like press, like she's being more articulate and making points more than she ever has before. So I think he's helping her a little bit with that. Like you need to know how to get your point across. And I think she's doing that better than she ever has before. Yeah. I mean, we can only judge him based off of facts that we know, like in a court of law and by what we see on the show. And thus far, what we've seen from on the show, other than that time that he got really angry and stormed off. And that was a little bit Mm -hmm. scary. He has seemed to be a calming influence on her, Mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. It seems like everyone else has kind of stepped away from the whole oh, Louis crazy storyline. Yeah. They've kind of accepted yeah. him. So, yeah. I, it was so interesting, like bringing the whole family. Like he's got his sisters coming in, his parents all celebrating her 50th birthday, which that actually like kind of felt nice to watch for Teresa, mm-hmm. being that she's lost both her parents. She has a horrible relationship with her one sibling, like to now have other adults in the room since she's just had the four girls for so long was nice to see. It seems like this is the family that she's wanted. They don't seem to want to be famous. None of them were like trying to make a scene and they seem to really love her and want to be there for her. And it just seems, it seems really nice. Yeah, I, I I was happy with that, for sure. I do really feel like because her relationship with her brother is so fraught, like that's why she's always talking to her girls about the importance of them, mm. you know, really bonding and connecting and yeah. supporting one another. And my dad has a not great relationship with his sibling. And yeah. growing up, he talked about that a lot and about how yeah. hard it was for him and how much he wanted me and my brother to be close. And the yeah. only time he really got angry with this growing up was when we argued with each other, which I mean, kids oh, wow. do, you know, yeah, that yeah. was he would just be like, you can't argue with each other. You have to get along. Like, <laughs> I'm going to will this to happen, and, you know, and then we'd have to convince him like we're just pissed at each other because mm. he stole the remote or he yeah. took this thing or she did, yeah. you know, Um And so I always find it really interesting with siblings, adult siblings that have difficult relationships, how that plays out in the children and also in the cousins. Mm. Because he Mm. was like, well, I think you should have a relationship with a cousin, even though I'm not close with my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like between Antonia and Teresa's Mm. girls, there is almost like no love lost and it's, it's really sad. And it seems like Melissa and Teresa aren't trying to foster like, Oh, between us is one thing, but you guys, you girls should always be, yeah, you know, don't let it get between you. Yeah. I guess I probably feel the worst for Antonia and all this. Like the brothers have each other and Antonia was like in love with those other girls. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, well, once you get to season three, you'll you'll see like they're begging they're begging their parents to like go over each other's houses. Oh, yeah. It makes me so sad. It's like <laughs> they should be able to just not let it. It's like, do you watch Family Karma? 
Uh, no, I, okay. I need to, though. I know that I one to. is like a joy to watch. It's yeah. truly just a joy. It's a pleasure. You don't even need to cover it. It's just I wa- that's my show. Mm. I watch for myself where I'm not like taking sure. notes and, you know, yeah. other stuff. But there's auntie drama. And sometimes it goes mm. down to the next generation where it's like, well, your mom is was mean to my mom. <laughs> it's like, you guys <laughs> gotta let it go. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so great. Um, so I, part of what's difficult with Jersey and, you know, pretty much all of these shows is that we kind of know yeah. in real time who's getting along and who's not. And so we're yeah. watching back and it seems like maybe there is something for Teresa and Margaret to be friends. Do you, th- I mean, she did go to Teresa's wedding. Do you, like, what do you foresee seeing over the course of the season? Yeah, I... I, I think I've I've listened to some of Teresa in the press and she's been talking about, oh, well, Margaret came to the wedding, but then she left early out of loyalty for Melissa. So she, now Teresa's pissed off about that. Mm. I, do, I do have to say, I'm, I'm always impressed with how Margaret is able to bounce back with Teresa. Like she does that better than anyone else, I think. I don't know why Teresa kind of like lets that happen. I'm like surprised sometimes because Teresa's very like, I don't like you. Goodbye. But like she, she like dances with Margaret a little bit more than Teresa might with other cast members. Um, Do you think it's yeah, because I mean, Margaret was really supportive of Teresa after she lost her mom? Yeah. I mean, she probably remembers that. I mean, that was the, re- that was the reasoning why Teresa kind of welcomed Danielle Stahl back into her life is that mm-hmm. she was supportive uh, during that time period as well. So I'm, I'm sure that has something to do with it. And not just so that you could get back on a TV show, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, oh, um, final question. Yeah. Jennifer Aiden, what do you mm. make of her? What do you make of where she's at with these women? She seems to kind of always be off on her own or just with Teresa, but has difficulty forming relationships with others. Yeah. I mean, she is a chaos agent and I love her. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's had so many memorable moments. I think she, she brings a lot of family stuff uh, onto the show. I was shocked to see her mom in the house, like doing that like evil eye thing after she was not even talking to her mom last season. So I hope we kind of pick up with that a little bit and explain how we got from A to B. But I, I do think she probably needs to work on g- getting along with cast members. But, you know, last year, that one scene with, with her and Marge at like the, I don't know where they, they were, had lunch somewhere, I thought was one of the most like genuine scenes of trying to make up. Like I, I thought agree. they actually were like moving forward and going into a good place. So hopefully, like, she brings more of that Was to that the, table. the scene where Margaret, like, brought out an entire coffee mate, like, and poured it into yeah, her? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was like, what yes, are you yes. traveling with this in your bag? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I like Jennifer, too, as a housewife. She just brings mm. so much. I like the family dynamic. While I disagree with pretty much all of her opinions on almost anything, it is quite interesting to hear that sort of mindset of this is how I was raised or this is where I feel comfortable with playing this role Mm -hmm. as a wife and my husband playing that role. 
it's yeah. um pretty unfamiliar to me you know my jewish mm-hmm. family the women control all <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like the men just kind of go along with, <laughs> yeah. with it yeah yeah you yeah, know i i mean i think she it's interesting because she and jackie joined the show at the same time mm-hmm. now having jackie demoted and jennifer stay on kind of shows like they value what she's bringing to the table I mean, there's not been one year that there hasn't been something like jaw dropping about her family. Yeah. You know, her parents having this arranged marriage and like there being no love lost between them. And after what, 60 years together, 50 years together, they hate each other. You know, (laughs) that's and that's insane to me, like just to get divorced, just whatever you need to do. But the fact that they're like they have to remain married culturally Mm. And that they hate each other. Like, it doesn't allow any healing to happen. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so much re- resentment. Like, you yeah. wasted my life. Oh, my God. It's, like this, it's probably, honestly, one of the darkest storylines yeah. or stories I think we have ever seen on this show. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because the other thing that's probably the darkest is with Taylor Armstrong and Russell. But once he died, I mean, horrible as the situation was, she was able to move forward with her life. And Mm -hmm. we're watching people getting towards the end of theirs, looking back and (laughs) being like, I didn't like that. Yeah. Anger, regret, like everything, you know? (laughs) Oh, it's so, oh, it's so dark. Um, So much of Jersey is dark. It's interesting. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dan. Where can people listen to Come Through Queen, um, where they can get your merch and all the other stuff you guys Uh, have going on? So Come Through Queen, comethroughqueen.com has links to everything. We have links to merch. We have links to social Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. So, like, it's a one stop shop, very easy and mobile friendly website to visit. Ooh, that's good to know. Impressive. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever have a website. (laughs) It's like beyond my ability. Um, And then, if people want to follow you personally on social media, where can they find you? Um, I'm probably most active on Twitter at IDKIDK. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm at Dan Calabrese, mostly posting food. So if you're interested in that. <laughs> yes, I love that. I've started posting yeah. food a little bit. And my Insta stories have gotten really into making soup from scratch, like oh broth God. from scratch one of the best recently. Things of, one of the best things of winter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, on a day I know it's going to be cold and rainy. I'm just going to like boil an entire chicken along with like a ton oh of herbs. God. I don't even know how to pronounce and make nothing's better oh i just love it absolutely love it (laughs) we that's a whole other conversation well thank you so much for joining this week and everyone go check out come through queen although you probably already listen oh thank you